The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Before we get there, The Money Show brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking, Sustainable Finance for Growing Places, The Bravery to Imagine. That's Africanacity. APSA is a registered FSP. To Colin Cullis now. Um, Colin, load shedding. We're back in the scourge of low chilling stage two two days in a row now going to be around for at least tomorrow as well possibly longer batteries battery life and how we can protect ourselves help yeah bruce and uh, the, the the particular theme for this evening is pumped water storage not the kind of subject you'd imagine uh, would come up around sort of a braai and that people say fascinating tell me more but if you had for example a person from cape town and a person from johannesburg and the one said to the guy from Cape Town. How is it that you guys keep skipping out on a stage of load shedding or sometimes skip it all together? What are you guys doing? Well, the answer to that is pumped water storage. The city of Cape Town operates one uh, 180 megawatt uh, pump water storage dam. It's called the Steenbrass uh, Reservoir. And uh, that gives it a little bit of breathing room so that when the country has to do the load shedding and ESCOM says, right, everybody, cut your power by 1,000 megawatts, 2,000 megawatts, or whatever the number is according to the, to the load shedding stage you're at, the city can say, well, our portion of that is X, Y, and Z. And so if it's at 180 megawatts or less, they can pretty much say, well, then we don't have to load shed or they can load shed uh, by less of an amount. And the particular pump water storage is effectively, there's a lot of water sitting up top in the Steenbrush Dam. They release it. It flows down the mountain through a turbine uh, into a reservoir at the bottom. And that can run for five, 10 hours. Uh, and while it's running, they effectively then can can spare the city residents from uh, having to be load shed. It's the only one that is run by a municipality. The other pump water storages we have uh, five, uh, or four rather, uh, are run by ESCOM. And the one is very close to it. Uh, the Palmeet uh, pump water storage is literally just next door. Um, and the thing at some point was that uh, South Africa uh, does have some great, I mean, the thing for a, a good uh, pumped water storage kind of setup is, do you have a, a good gradient somewhere and adequate water? Uh, and we certainly do. Uh, and then the question was, okay, how many of these are you going to build? And once upon a time, quite honestly, still now, We've got lots of coal. We've got lots of coal power plants. They're all neatly clustered right around a, an area of Mpumalanga. So don't go messing around having to build these other little rats and mice things all over the country and then connect them all up with the grid. Just coal will sort us out. Everything will be fine. Uh, and then, as you know, sort of late 90s, 2000s, ESCOM started saying, yep, I don't think it's going to be so good. We're going to have to start making plans. And government was like, yeah, we're fine. We'll make a plan later. Uh, but that's that's not the way these things work. And the the... The last one, the most recent one that they built, certainly for pump storage, is in Gula. That was uh, commissioned in 2005. They began the building. Uh, it was due to take sort of seven to eight years. But with most of these projects, imagine it takes a little longer. It took 12 years. Um, and it cost about 30 billion rand, a little more than it was intended to build. But when you run over by five or six years, you can imagine. Uh, but 30 billion doesn't seem like an inordinately massive number for it uh, to produce 1,300 megawatts and can run sustainably for 16 hours at a time. The other big plus with a uh, pumped water storage, you might think, why do we have it? And you mentioned in the beginning, is that effectively they're batteries. If you want they're the, the nicest batteries we get, you can call them if you want to use an over-elaborate scientific word, they're dihydrogen monoxide batteries, uh, which is simply water. Uh, and the point of, of, of having that water there is it's readily available. And given that Ingula is in, in sort of Drakensberg, um, there's a lot of water around. And you don't actually have it flow down the river and disappear. You just move it from a high elevation to a low elevation. Uh, and generally during the evenings and on the weekends when we're not using that much power, coal power stations, nuclear power stations, they don't sort of go on idle. They keep running because that's the, how they optimum, uh, optimally are, are meant to operate. 
Uh, and so that power is either going to get used or lost. And what they use that power for is they divert it and they turn those, in, in the case of Angula, for example, 1,300 megawatt uh, generators are effectively pumps when you just put the electricity the other way around. And rather than having the water flow down the mountain, they pump it back up to the top again. And the added benefit, I suppose, for all of these things, particularly if you do move them all around the country, uh, is that you can, um, you know, you'll build your batteries at the places where they make most sense. And one of the reasons besides you know, load shedding being back and all these other things that they got me interested to say, well, perhaps I should raise this. Uh, South Africa should have the conversation. And many South Africans perhaps aren't that aware of exactly uh, what our capacity is and what we would have, uh, was a very impressive atlas, a, a survey that was done uh, by computer, to be fair. This wasn't you know, hardworking geologists and, 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 and map makers, et cetera, that simply looked at the entire globe and said, find places on the planet where you'll find an elevation change of X and a, a runoff and water provision of Y. And they just plotted things all over the show. And in the tweet ahead of the show, I put a little screen grab of the actual map. And South Africa is blessed with quite a lot that go all the way from the southern point up around the eastern coast. So typically South Africa's uh, sort of energy mix would say we've got a lot of coal centered up in the northeast, Pobalanga. We've got a lot of sun that principally is on the western side of the country, kind of dry and sunny. And there's a lot of uh, wind and rain on the eastern side of the country. And so if we make a sort of a matrix to say, okay, where best should we start building these plants? Because they are varying sizes. Then sure, keep the coal plants centered where they are. Put the solar and, and concentrated solar uh, uh, plants over on the on the western side of the country. Use the eastern side of the country where there's a lot of wind and put the pump storage, uh, you know, sort of along that chain over there. And then, big job, connect them all together. So that's kind of the, the reason for me raising it and, uh, and discussing the, the, the pros and cons of it. Um, and, and while you might think, well, why aren't they simply building a whole lot? Because the uh, original uh, power integration plan saw us moving from the about 3,000 megawatts that we currently have to raise that to about 7,500. Um, it now looks like they're less likely to go ahead and do that in, in part and justifiably uh, because they do take a while to build uh, and they are quite expensive. And what South Africa has wind up doing is saying, let's get a couple more of those open cycle gas turbines. Uh, and we've got quite a few of those now, but the, yeah. the catch with those is that they're quite efficient. So let me let me say that up front. In terms of like how much watts per you know cost of fuel do you get out, they're very good. What's not so good about them is that they do use fuel, lots of it. Uh, in fact, ESCOM in 2020 so far has used 4 billion rand alone just on diesel. Typically, that's the, the fuel that they use to, to power those open cycle gas turbines. Um, and in part, that's because they've needed to use them a lot more than they wanted to and because the fuel prices have gone up. And to give you some sort of a, 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 an OER moment for how much they use. If you've got a 45-liter car, then you go and fill it up, and you know what it feels like when you fill up that car and how much it costs you. Well, ESCOM would drain that car's tank in four seconds. That's sure. the rate at which they go through fuel. Four seconds, and your car's empty. And those things run sometimes for two or three hours per day, twice a day. And that's the real sort of uh, wake up with with the costs. Uh, shall I go into some of the details? Hydro versus pump storage. No, and no absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm just I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that you know, with a bit of foresight and a bit of forward planning and a bit of thinking, for example, the Cape Town solution, which gives Cape Town that little bit of a break when in the lower cases of load shedding, is an investment that is, pays off handsomely each and every single day. And I wonder if it's not short sighted of today's planners to not put the fail safe protections in place for the future. I realize they take time and cost money and we've got big emergencies to deal with in terms of energy and energy creation and consumption. But my goodness gracious me, without foresight and planning, I think we're going to be doomed. 
And this is what I what I hope to try and illustrate because I think even ESCOM and, and most energy planners will say, listen, it does take a mix. Any one thing has its advantages and its disadvantages. And our current crisis is principally because we need the stuff now. We need to get the economy running. We can't have it uh, shut down. So so put in the, the the options that allow us to do that. And you know even bringing in those those gas power ships, you'd say, well, you know what, it keeps the lights on. So just just get that. But it's inherently very expensive. It's not sustainable, and it continues to contribute to sort of the carbon uh, issue. Whereas a, a pumped water storage, and for, for, for the record, and perhaps I should uh, illustrate this a little more clearly, um, with us bringing on a lot of other renewables, particularly wind and solar, which are the darlings of renewables, and quite honestly, justifiably so, because their costs are just coming down, down, down. Their efficiencies are, are quite adequate. They can be scaled from quite small uh, sort of uh, setups to quite large ones and can be pretty much put all over the show, on the land, in the sea, you know, high in the mountains. They can go just about everywhere. Uh, the challenge, though, uh, as most people have now noted with renewables, is that, you know, you need the wind to blow, you need the sun to shine. And so typically, if, if the sun is shining uh, in the middle of the day and it's generating a lot of power and, and nobody's using it or not enough people need it, then you either, you've got to store it somewhere uh, as opposed to lose it. And again, the short-term sort of option is, well, get the lithium-ion batteries. Very expensive, fantastically quick. They are brilliant for being your the UPSs, as it were, of grid uh, storage. Because if the power drops even by a small amount and in a fraction of a second, that battery will step in and add the power back and nobody will know the difference. Uh, you can't quite say the same thing with... Um, with uh, with a pump storage system, but they're ready to go within four minutes, and that's not bad. Particularly if you know, listen, I've got a bit of a, a loss coming. I, I, the power's dropping, or the power's starting to climb. Bring it online, and, and away you go. So so they fall into that that second category. And again, you can make them much bigger because it's water. You can store a lot more water than you can uh, a bunch of lithium iron. Uh, it is actually cheaper because in the long run, you just keep moving that water backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. The the lifespan of a lithium iron battery you can calculate from the first time you use it, and every time you do, it gets a little less uh, that it can use. And similarly with these open cycle gas turbines, um, you know, they, they need to be where you can get fuel to them. So typically you need to have them connected basically to a very steady supply line. And in some other countries in, in Africa, because they are a pretty good solution for us, is at some point uh, earlier this evening, you were discussing the problems with load shedding and people saying, oh, there are batteries on those uh, uh, cell phone towers. Well, if you've got a steady supply of diesel or whatever the fuel is being sent to one of these power plants, then why not just go and you know hack the pipe and, and steal some fuel out of it? And for the most part, South Africa has those things fueled by sending trucks backwards and forwards every day, all day, to keep them fueled. Um, and so again, when you've got a steady line of trucks going somewhere, somebody might say, oh, well, I could just divert one of those trucks, particularly with the cost of fuel. So you want to try and avoid some of those things. I can't imagine anybody's going to say, hey, I'm going to go and drain a, a lake because I'm going to make more money off the water. Well, maybe in time that will be the case, but it's certainly not the case now. Uh, and so the point about this whole mix then is not just the generation and the fact that you've got uh, wind uh, and um, solar that's not always going to be able to, to match with the peaks. But if you go and stick that into a pump storage system and build enough of them so you can soak up all of that excess and then release it as and when you need it and relatively rapidly. And again, you know, depending on the capacity that you build, five hours, six hours, seven, eight, ten hours, uh, then you've got a pretty good uh, supply to effectively almost offset what you need from your baseload. So you can have fewer coal burning stations. So what South Africa needs to do is it needs to start shutting those down. Uh, we, we can't shut them down quickly because we need to get the other ones up. So as you say, there, there needs to be some medium long-term planning to say, okay, where are we going to add some more capacity for these for us to be able to do it? And, and as a final thought, despite you know lithium iron and, and, and wind farms and everything else being brilliant, nobody's going to say, I can't wait to go and book my holiday to go and camp next to a lithium, lithium iron battery. <laughs> The nature of the biodiversity that is attracted mm. to a beautiful reservoir, often created in lovely mountainous areas that effectively can't be used for anything else except conservation. Would see you say, sure, I'll go and pitch my tent and hang out next to a pumped storage facility. Oh.
What a lovely romantic gesture. Colin Callis, business unusual this evening. Best battery out of by far. The pumped storage facility, far more versatile, far greener, far cleaner, far more effective than some of the messier alternatives. Colin going green on us this evening.